We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. You are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. And now, wondering how players are looking so far. Seren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are, Petro, on the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Coming to you straight out of Surprise, Arizona. Um, no game today. No ping. Uh, yeah. The colleges are out, and they're doctoring the field, oh. getting it all prettied up for the uh, Royals. Uh, games get started officially, I think, on Friday. Maybe there's like uh, an inner squad or a Royals Rangers, you know, little, okay, wink, wink, let's let's play a game before we get going uh, on uh, Thursday. But I was told uh, games start on Friday. I didn't even look at the schedule. I knew I'd be gone before they got going. So if I'm wrong about that, I would invite you to uh, take it up with someone else because I don't care. Um, but I think it's uh, they start on Friday, if I'm not mistaken if you're headed out here to a surprise arizona uh we got a lot coming your way today here in the uh, program as i continue to uh go under the hood to uh look at our lineup uh here for at least another 15 or 20 more minutes uh we have tim grunhardt coming your way in the three o'clock hour we'll start talking about what the chiefs got to do for next year listen party time's over people it's time to get back to work. Like, you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, what are we going to do to win three in a row? Two's cute and all, but three's what really matters. Isn't that right? That's what I've heard. Let's get to the bottom of that with uh, Tim Grunhard. Uh, I believe Will Smith coming up in the uh, 3 o'clock hour, if I'm not mistaken, I think is part of the plan as well. Royals reliever. Former, now current Royals reliever and three consecutive World Series championships for three different teams. You know what that means, Curtis? Get ready for a Royals parade. That's right. Championship is correct. Uh, Sam McDowell is under the weather. We think we're going to hear from Sam McDowell in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. I will get you the things you need to know and Gary Parrish uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. So a jam-packed program. Don't know who might sit down with us here in the 2 o'clock hour. Chasing, as we speak, Drew Saylor. The uh, roving hitting instructor for your Kansas City Royals or the minor league what is it, player performance, uh, hitting performance. It's, you know, he's the minor league hitting coach. <laughs> yes. I love all those all those names. <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, we may or may not have a conversation with J.J. Piccolo later this week, and he may or may not be tired of those names. <laughs> if you're a veteran listener of the program, you know what I'm getting at. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you don't know, ask your friends that have been around for a while. It's code for, like, you drive around and you think everybody just can't wait to come sit down and talk to the Tubby Talk Show host here in Surprise. Just one right after another. Yeah. And what's amazing is they all line their schedule up exactly around our commercial breaks. You go on and you keep believing that. It looks like LAX, just planes, just standing. <laughs> Where did it next? Next. Uh, Lugo. Next. Baca. Yeah. Well, they got nothing works. better to do. Nope. Nope. Tuesday. That's how it works. Uh, Piccolo. Cotrero. 
Hoover. Yeah, one right after another. Here they all come. Uh, that's exactly how it works. Um, no, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I know we're chasing those folks. Uh, workouts have wrapped up, everybody. Uh, getting into the uh, clubhouse. Uh, Jack Johnson, you know what he's doing? His most important task hmm. that he has had the whole trip. You know what he's doing right now? Singing. Fetching lunch. Oh. That's what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He's, he had to go get us lunch. He looked over at me right before the show started. He goes, uh... So uh, no game today. I'm like, yeah, there's no game today. He's like, uh, so uh, no foot-long hot dog. And I'm like, that's right. So uh, what are you thinking about lunch? I'm like, go get lunch. Go wherever you want to go. So uh, Jack, who's still a growing boy, in his 20s, uh, he is off to uh, you know to bring back lunch. I uh, don't know if he'll find any place here in Surprise because there's only every food chain in the world all on one street. It's called Bell. <laughs> and I know whatever Bell. you want, it's there. Yeah, you can go there. Bell Ave, it's all right there. It, so. it is how people think the guests are lining up in front. They literally are lining yeah. up. <laughs> they literally are. Uh, you know, well, along with sprinkled in some high-end locales like Denny's, uh, <laughs> where you can actually order from a menu if you'd like. Um, yes, that is uh, that is your your dining choices here in Surprise, Arizona. So, uh, and Jack will be back here uh, in a little bit, but we got a lot coming your way. So we'll see. Uh, looking for uh, right now Hunter Renfro, Michael Waka, Waka Waka. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wonder how many times he heard that. <laughs> Someone who, with a good poker face and just kind of do it once, like with a big wide expression, completely ironically. Note, yeah, note to self, just you know, get my pad out. But but don't don't like lose the smile. Act like you you really think it's the first time he's heard it. Uh, maybe I'll just ask. Fan of Fozzie Bear. <laughs> if Fozzie Again, Bear kids, was here, like, would you hug him or Fozzie punch Bear? him? Yeah. Fozzie Bear was Kermit's uh, running mate. They went out cruising for chicks together. He was yeah. there the night Kermit met Miss Piggy. Yep, he was the stand-up and, uh, comic of the group. That's right. That's right. And uh, and he would tell a joke, and then we'd go, waka waka. So, you know, it fits. It applies. I've now brought you up to speed, youngsters. You now know middle-aged <laughs> humor uh, is what you know. Um, and uh, Hunter Renfro. Looking like probably the right fielder, uh, Drew Saylor. They're all on the target list. Uh, we, we do have a lot well, a lot of folks we're going to be talking to as, as we keep going here forward. Um, we got Matt Quattrero, J.J. Piccolo coming in. Uh, we're excited about uh, all the baseball talk we've got. All the rest of the week that uh, we'll be bringing you, uh, courtesy of uh, the Kansas City Royals and their uh, PR department helping us out uh, very much. We appreciate that for sure. Uh, we start, though, with a little college basketball. Um, have you recovered? Or did you bother to watch K-State in Texas uh, last night? Uh, I kind of did. It was like in the background when I was doing uh, some other things and then mostly trying to kick a, a, a bad sinus cold. But it, it didn't help. It didn't help the uh, pressure. You and my wife. It didn't help the pressure behind my, my sinuses uh, watching that, that game. No. Uh, uh, I'll continue to point out that... Jerome Tang has a bit of a, you know, an excuse in the sense that Naquan Tomlin uh, being sent off the team. This this was not the team he planned to set sail with. But you know, I mean, listen, you still got to play the season and show up and go. And I give him a lot of credit for saying, "Hey, you know, nine and nine gets us in." This is one they needed, right? I know it was at Texas, but this was a winnable one. Texas hadn't been that good. Um, you know, I never liked the idea of bringing in the interim coach as, as the full time coach, and it's proving to be. Yet again, a pretty 
I don't know, a pretty uh, the solid stock to invest in. Bet against the interim coach who gets the job. It's probably not going to go well. Uh, but that game was, God, it was a rough game to watch. Really sloppy turnovers, clanks. I mean, it was just ugly basketball to watch. I think I tweeted out at one point, like, this has sent college basketball back 10 years. I mean, it, it was it was a rough go uh, watching that game. They, they didn't really, neither team, just looking at the team stats, you don't even have to know much more than, obviously, 62-56. And you consider that a lot of Texas to 62 was free throw line at the end. So both these teams offensively really would play the game in the 50s. 35% from the field, 36%. 26% from three for K-State, 16% for Texas. They didn't even shoot free throws well, both under 75% from the free throw line. I mean, it's it's the Monday. We, we, we've continued to hear coaches, even Bill Self, whose team has generally over the years been great on Monday, talk about the drag of Saturday Mondays. And, I mean, those those have been around for a while, but it's it has seemed like – Maybe I'm just imagining this. Some of these Monday games have been a lot more of a dud than I recall them being before. I'm not sure why. Um, let's see. Should I stand by these tweets? K-State and Texas are currently see, currently embarrassing sixth-grade B-team coaches with this game. <laughs> Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, Seth Curry is crying watching this game. Offensive <laughs> basketball has been set back ten years. And then my final one, I forgot about this one. I'm glad I look back at this. Really? Texas hangs a banner for their NIT championships, their NIT championships. Can it really, quote, just mean more if you're hanging NIT banners? Question mark, hashtag SEC. Yeah, I don't. Let's... Does it really mean more if you're hanging the nitty banners? I don't. I, I would never want my, I don't know, Missouri's never won one, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. But, no. Yeah. If my team won the NIT, I would not want them to to hang that banner, particularly when you I, don't have a Final Four banner. I would not want them to want to hang it because yeah. it means that they don't. They feel like they've got empty rafters of accomplishments. Now, yeah. most programs probably do hang it, and that was just kind of a shot for shot's sake, you know. To be honest with you, but I'm like, you know, Texas crying about horns down is is going to hang knit banners. Yeah, yeah. I, that's no, <laughs> no. You know it, the, the the team, a team that got into the tournament and lost, got further than you did. Right. So what's the why? Why, why are you hanging a banner? Are they hanging nit champion banners or nit appearance banners? Champion banners. Apparently, they've won it twice. Okay. I think is what I saw. Because there are. I don't even that, know what the years were. There are some that hang nit appearance banners. No. The team that they were playing. No, really? Yeah, they. Have, I mean, it's not. They don't hang it for every individual year they've been to it. But K State has an NIT appearance banner with all the years. All the years on it. it. Yeah. Oh, like, one banner with all the years. Yeah. yeah. Like, like high schools have the conference championship. Well, that's, that's they don't, not as bad. They they also aren't walking away from a conference they've had tradition with to go to a conference that their slogan is it just it means just more. means more. They're yeah. also not pissing and moaning at people. <laughs> Whatever the anti-K State hand signal is, yeah. what is the anti? What is it? Do you just turn that upside down? I have no idea. Is the sure. anti-K State uh, signal kind of that thing you used to do, where you, you know, do the the 
okay sign below your waist and then punch a guy who looked down at it? <laughs> it could be. Two for flinching. <laughs> Two for flinching? Is that the, uh, you know, you, come, you look down, hey, look down here. I gotcha. <laughs> Was that just my school that that was? Oh, no, 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 no. It, it even, it lasted, I'm younger than you guys, it lasted till I was in middle school. I think okay. people are still doing that. That thing so ain't going that, no place. That, is that, you know, cat cats below the belt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If gotcha. you, now if you do it in Bramlage, it's a, it's a personal foul. <laughs> this is true. It's sportsmanlike conduct. You do it over uh, uh, the, 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 the Snyder family. Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't have a whole lot to say about that game other than is the Big 12 Conference really as good as everybody beats their chest about? Do we think it's going to uh, run through the NCAA tournament this year? Do we? Are we being unfair that, yeah, okay, maybe the teams are down a little in the middle, but there's still no just DePaul, so therefore it, it actually is good? Or, or when you watch that game, are we like, eh, what are we getting all excited about the Big 12 for? That's kind of been something I've monitored and wondered about and I'm trying to get more imperial empirical evidence to make a, a, an assessment is is it deep or are there just is it just kind of muddled and a lot of teams are kind of close and the fact that, that that some of those teams happen to be on the edge of the NCAA tournament makes it seem like they're a deep a deep league when in, in reality, they really aren't. There's only a couple teams that could do any kind of serious damage, and the rest are just kind of there. Because you look at like the most recent AP poll, Houston 2, Iowa State 6, Kansas 9, Baylor 11. That's pretty good. And then nothing till you get to 23 in Texas Tech and then 25 in BYU. And Oklahoma dropped out and didn't receive a vote. So... They're, they're kind of that grouped is still together, six but, of the top twenty-five. That's in one. Yeah, league. yeah, that's true. But but there, there seems to be a separation between the top three and the next three, and top four and the next uh, two. Yeah, yeah, top four, top four. That's right. Two we through eleven. Baylor. They have four. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. I mean, I just I I I felt like you know towards the bottom was better when Bob Huggins was finishing seventh or eighth. I felt like you know. West in in and on the bubble to get in, I felt like West Virginia was like, that's a salty team you got to go to. That's mm-hmm. headed towards you know seven and eleven overall. It doesn't feel as salt like Texas doesn't look salty to me. You know, no. I mean, and I have to go I, back I through know. and look week to week. I kind of want because it seems like yes, there are two toward the bottom there, and uh, they are in the poll. But it seems like it's a different group kind of down around there. And maybe I'm wondering if like there have to be if it's kind of like a how we've talked about does a team have five starters and nine uh, a, ro- a full lineup or do they just facilitate the game someone has to be the 25th best team and sometimes that team's a little closer to one than the others and maybe it's just a league-wide or a, a, a country-wide game-wide I- issue where there's some teams at the top and when you get down to 20 21 22 23 the teams aren't particularly strong Regardless of what the conference is, and it's not just a Big Twelve team, a Big Twelve thing. It's everybody. That that's a great point. And by the way, congratulations! Twenty plus uh, years working together. There it is, your first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of you. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. I found obviously. one. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think that is a, a great point because it does kind of feel like that. And all like you're, I like the way you put it. Like sometimes twenty five is closer to one than other years. Yeah, sometimes like there's there's you know, 
three elite teams, and there's 12 really good teams, and then 16 to 40 is all kind of the same, right? Like I know from doing the the AP top 25, like I'm kind of like I just keep just keep shuffling this mix up and down, but there's just like a washing machine of these teams. Like okay, they're playing the bad teams in their league, they rise up. Now they play the good teams, they come back down, right? And and this year feels like there's kind of three elite teams. In college basketball, is that right? Houston, UConn, and Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Although, am I leaving Arizona? Do they belong in there? Maybe. I'm seeing more people that think it's one team than that they're more than three. I saw someone post today. Who's the somewhere. one? UConn. Yeah, I saw someone. Was it ESPN's basketball page said? Would you ask the question? Would you take UConn against the field? Yeah, it's men's bracketology. The the head the headline on ESPN's college basketball men's bracketology. Would you take UConn or the field to win the NCAA tournament? Well, the that field, seems crazy. We're not morons. Yeah, I mean we're that's that's morons. like I can't believe I'm. I hope, I hope Joe Lenardi did not have anything to do with that title with that headline. Yeah. But but the, but but the point is pretty good. But no, yeah. like I, I think better. We know mathematically. I'm going to bring up my FanDuel account here and look at what the odds are now in college basketball. But like you know, I think a, a real question would be. Would you take the top four versus the field, right? Right. Because we, we know mathematically, like, the strongest of, of favorites, once the NCAA tournament comes around, um, is, you know, uh, going to be, like, about, uh, you know, 23%. You know, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if that's the case and then you go down from there, um, I, I, I think – I, I don't. I don't think. Um, you know. I'm trying to look here. I'm trying to open up my uh, national champions. Here, here are the odds: Connecticut four and a half to one, Purdue eight to one, Houston nine to one, Arizona eleven to one, Tennessee fourteen to one, North Carolina twenty to one. So four and a half to one is. Uh, hang on. Sorry to do math on the radio, people. <laughs> Sometimes it's necessary. Um, I was told there'd be no math. Is eighteen percent right? And so, you know, you add up those those top ones, you're going to get to you're you're, you're going to get to like you know thirty forty percent. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Like the odds. Let me see. Let me let me open up the whole thing and see how much more it goes down from there. Uh, is there a view all? Yeah, show all. Uh, Alabama twenty to one, Iowa State twenty to one, Auburn twenty to one, Duke twenty five, like you know Kansas twenty five to one. I mean, there's a lot of teams in that twenty to twenty five range that all mm-hmm. seem to be the same. So I think the odds do kind of back that up. If you go, there's and maybe the, according to the odds, maybe Tennessee and Arizona should definitely be lumped in there at eleven to one. Tennessee at fourteen to one, but then North Carolina, Alabama, Iowa State, Auburn, Duke, Marquette, Kansas. Are all twenty five to twenty to twenty five to one? Yeah. So, I, I think it does kind of speak to it being that kind of year in college basketball. So, I'm I am intrigued by it. I am intrigued by it uh, by what this year is going to be, and I, and I think I probably would if you gave me like, you know, because I gave this offer to somebody a couple of years ago. I, I gave them. You pick four, four teams. I did it in the NFL. I think me and Shadia did a bet like that. That's right. I'm like, I will give you like the Ravens. I think it might have been 19, and I gave him and I said, and I'll take the field. And I don't, I don't even remember who won. But like right now, I think I would if you give me the top four. If I could have Arizona too, 
I think I would take that. I think I might take those four against the field. Because I don't think I don't think I don't think the second tier teams look like. Do you see Kansas cutting down nets? Uh, I, I I don't. No. No. I mean, like I really don't. And I know that like, hey, they weren't the favorite to win it a couple of years ago, and they won it. I know, and I'm aware of that, and I'm aware of how good Bill Self is, and I'm not taking a shot at Kansas. I'm just saying I don't think this is the team that can go six rounds. But maybe that's the, maybe that's the doofusness of what I'm saying here. Maybe I'm totally wrong because it is. You're going to have a bunch of coin flips, and so some mediocre team is going to get to the elite eight. You know, th- four mediocre teams are going to get to the elite eight, and it only takes one of them to knock off one of the big boys, and one of the big boys will lose. So maybe five mediocre teams by other year standards are going to get there. Two of them are going to play each other, so one of them is definitely going to the Final Four. One of the other ones will pull the upset because it's college basketball. And then if they're on the same side of the bracket, you're going to get one all the way into the championship game. So I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it totally wrong. Maybe this is the year to take somebody to be a Cinderella and crash the ball. You just, you just listed a lot of maybes <laughs> in the scenario uh, that, that set you well, up. I'm in Royal wrong, Spring so. training. We know that. <laughs> That's about ifs. Right, right. A bunch of ifs and maybes, and the Royals are world champs. That's unfair because they yeah. did win in 14 and 15. But those ifs and maybes don't usually happen in September, win. which is the equivalent of what the college basketball season is. We, we did come out here for many years, and Doug Stewart was the one who coined the phrase. I'll give credit to him, sitting over by the batting cages, you know, when we were allowed. And <laughs> and, and said, um, you know, we went through if this, because I, I remember, uh, who was the shortstop? Um Mike Avilas. Mm, if Mike yeah. Avilas can do what he did for a full season, if, 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 I remember Avilas is one of them. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I can, and Doug goes, that's a lot of ifs. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, the, the best always at putting yeah. something succinctly. Yeah, that's, that's, Cut through it. that's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. You know, like, yeah, you're right. That is a lot of ifs. And since then, I've remembered how many ifs does it, we need, we need a, we need a firm number. The program if factor. If. Can your team win a championship? If you yeah. have more than six ifs, you're out. Just like the uh, wh- wh- Five, whoever four, does the, the college basketball thing, or there's certain six six certain things that these pe- these teams can win. Yeah. Have to be top ten in this. Yeah. Have to be top fifteen in this. Have to be, yeah. Well, Ander- Anderson does that for the NFL as well. We, we've established the uh, what a winning streak is. And yes, people we have defined some, some have time. some have gotten aboard, and some just choose to be wrong. Um, yeah. But I think we could do this as well. I think we could. You, no one has ever won a championship with more than blank ifs. Yeah. For, for a while, there was one we kind of followed. This has been more than 10 years. There was the number of first-round NBA draft picks. Or you had to have at least one player who was... Future, future NBA yeah, future draft NBA draft pick. And then a couple of teams kind of blew that out of the water. Like, uh, well, maybe you don't have to have it. And I haven't looked at that for a while. That may be something I, I tee back up again. Yeah, if only we had an intern, you know, who we could give a task to. <laughs> he just looked over at me kind of sheepishly. Who, who could, who could, you know, hermit, you know, That's a good what I'm idea. Here. And I've got a. You, you, Curtis has probably got a template that we started back yep. in 2004. Uh, oh, you know, I know, I do. I saw born, it last child. last year. Uh, did you? I, I I saw it. And I said, "Oh, I should do this again." And then I forgot about it. And I remember yeah. looking at it, and going, oh, it, was, "It was like oh four, oh five, oh six. Because it does, it does feel like it's different. Right, yeah. it does feel like you know, like that Villanova team that crushed Kansas in the Final Four. Like that wasn't dripping. Like was Jalen Brunson on that team? Uh, Who, the by the way, is an NBA All Star. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Brunson. He was, he was MOP. And did he go first round? I'm sure he did. Every, but so many guys yeah, do. Yeah, you know. might have. 
don't even remember. Um, but yeah, Brunson, and I and I want to say like the big man that could shoot threes went in the second. Dante DiVincenzo might have been on that. He went in the first too. Yeah, he he was. I bet we look back and we. I bet we thought that Villanova team sucked. (laughs) Talent wise, we're gonna be like, good lord! It's like three firsts and two seconds. It's like the '97 Arizona team that everyone you know pulled the great upset. Then you go back and you see half the team was in the league. Yeah, Mike Bibby and (laughs) Jason Terry and yeah, they 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 were all loaded. Um, All right, yeah, K State uh, is not going to the tournament. Anybody want to argue with that? No. They're not getting to nine and nine. No, they have, they have to win games. They had to win as as you stated earlier, as many of the games last night that they had a shot. They can't afford to fritter away games in which they're deadlocked late. And I want to point this out. I make the statement, not like look at you, ha ha, K State. No, I make the statement to be proactive. If they do make the tournament, I will celebrate the hell out of Jerome Tank because he's done something. Because like number one, he's done something because he had to regroup his team. And yeah. re rack it and how it was going to attack. But now he will have gotten to this point and somehow will figure out how to make this team go and, and catch the attention of the uh, tournament and get in there. If he makes the tournament now, he's one hell of a coach. And I think he is a hell of a coach. But it will be one, let's put it this way he's a hell of a coach, but that will be one hell of an accomplishment. It'll be almost as impressive as last year, which you wouldn't have, couldn't have imagined. Yeah. In some ways, I still am kind of intrigued by the. It's easier in your first year than it is in your second year. Why? Why is this? Why are so many guys who did so well in their first year? Well, Rick Pitino's not. <laughs> Rick Pitino hasn't been able to do what Dennis Gates and Jerome Tang did. Can we agree on that? Uh, true. Although the Rick Pitino has yet to go over in a in a conference. Dennis well, Gates that's is true. On the, on the cusp of that. If you're going to rip your whole team, do you, do you like? Do you think other kids are going to be like, I want to go play for that guy? <laughs> I want to play for the old guy who hasn't won in a long time and yells at everyone. Yeah, that should be and that blames should be fun. blames everything on his players, the players he chose. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk some Royals baseball next here in the program. All right, welcome back. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. A lot more college basketball we'll get to a little bit later on. Gary Parrish, our college basketball insider from CBS Sports, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, right now we talk some Royals baseball as we're live in Surprise. Uh, Michael Walker joins us, uh, one of the newest additions to the Kansas City Royals. How are you, sir? Everything's going good. Yep, just enjoying, uh, you know, getting the spring training started up and uh, getting down here to AZ and, uh, yeah, everything's going good on on my end for sure. Let, let's talk about you know you head into uh, free agency. You're in the off season. Uh, first of all, how often does your phone ring? How often are you on the phone with your agents? Like every day, they called, they called, they called. How's it work? Yeah, so I've I've kind of gotten a little little all too familiar with the free agent process over the past kind of five years or so. Just uh, you know, signing these one term one one year deal contracts, and then uh, you know having to go into that free agency market again the next off season. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of phone calls with the agent. Um, you know, not really too many with the teams. There's times where, you know, they'll, they'll hop on a, a FaceTime or a, a Zoom call, I guess, and, uh, you know, just – kind of kind of give their pitch uh that way but most of the time it's it's to the agent and uh yeah definitely would, would like the phone to to ring uh, a lot but uh you know different off seasons call for different things but uh no it was uh it was a good off season this year for and, sure and, and why kansas city what 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 you know you were in that 
fury of of signings that the yeah. Royals had, and I'm sure that was part of the equation. What 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 made you say besides the obvious finances, right? I mean, it, it is a business, yeah. uh, but but you know, there are also guys that are like, I ain't going there, right? Yeah. Like th- this team had a tough year last year. Uh, you uh, you no doubt had a lot of different places you could have gone. Why Kansas City? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely a little tough year on on, on the Royals end last year, um, but you know. Seeing their moves that they had made pre- previous to, to my signing uh, was definitely uh, one of those indicators for sure. And then, you know, hopping on the phone with J.J. and him and explaining, you know, kind of their vision on, on what they had moving forward here and uh, kind of what their expectation was coming in uh, for this 2024 season with a lot of their young guys. I think it was the, you know, youngest team in, in baseball last year. And so I know – from experience, having the year after year of, of experience in the big leagues, you can you can take major steps forward. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of what the plan is here for sure, having a bunch of young guys, young studs, um, you know, getting another year underneath their belt, uh, I think it will pay huge dividends. And so uh, whenever the opportunity came uh, with the Royals, you know, I was, I was hopping all over it. You know, it's a, it's a great place to pitch. Um, you know, I saw these guys come into San Diego last year uh, where I was, and they took two out of three from us. And you could see the potential that 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 could be done here. And so, uh, you know, it was it was just an exciting time. Uh, you know, just getting the opportunity uh, to to hear that from JJ, and then being able to get a deal done was, uh, you know just unbelievable you've pitched in Kaufman I'm sure you came through with the Cardinals Royals series right. uh, at some point how do the how does San Diego and Kaufman compare as pitcher parks I would say pretty similar yeah both are both are pitcher friendly I would say uh, San Diego kind of depends on the time of day uh, whenever really? yeah whenever whenever that sun sets you get I forget what they call marine it. Marine layer? Yeah, the marine layer comes in. And, uh, you know, you hear hitters complain about all the time, but pitchers are rejoicing. But, uh, you know, Kansas City, uh, you know, definitely a big outfield. Got some guys that can go run it down out there. And, uh, yeah, just uh, got to throw strikes. And, you know, that's my game, throwing strikes. Let, not letting them put it in play, but, you know, forcing weak contact and let the defense play behind me. How shocking was it that uh, real estate rent is so much higher in Kansas City than San Diego? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Not true. Yeah, yeah, Uh, definitely. That's a joke if people aren't catching that out there. Uh, Right. Yeah, that is, San Diego's like the most, uh, San Diego or San Francisco, I can't remember, but San Diego's not a cheap place to live. Yeah. Even for big leaguers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think Cali in general, yeah, Yeah. all up and down that coast. If you're, yeah, if you're on the coast, a little water around you, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pay that yeah pay that for uh, sure did you like california it was nice yeah no i enjoyed my time in san diego for sure but uh you know i, I feel like i'm a midwest guy i was born in iowa i grew up in texas but a lot of family in iowa my wife's from wife's from st louis midwest as well so uh you know i feel like it's 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 a good fit for for who i am as a person and uh you know who my family is I, i'm curious because you were talking about the young talent that the royals have and, and everything coming together because san diego looked like it was a a wagon the run differential something like it was one of the weirdest things ever yeah. that that's obviously you know baseball is a strange game yeah. that was an example of it because you know that looked like that could be a team that won 110 games do you I mean, if you could put your finger on that, can you figure out how to? You don't end up like that, or is that just baseball being baseball? 
Yeah, no, I think a lot of it was, yeah, ball just kind of didn't bounce bounce our way in San Diego. Uh, I mean, you look at the the one run uh, games that we had. You know, we were on the on the losing end of that. You know, majority of the time, extra inning games, we could never find a way to win win an extra inning game until I think the last series of the of the season. And so, I think uh, you know, just having a team that knows how to hey. You know, kind of finish finish it off. You know, um, you know, expand the lead whenever you have the lead. Uh, you know, can hold hold a lead um, as well. You know, as a starting pitcher, that's that's what we try to do. We try to give our team the best chance to win a ball game and uh, keep our team in it, and then uh, you know, hand it off to to the back end of the bullpen to to shut it down. But um, you know, in this game, you you can't give anybody any kind of second life because uh, you know. Those, those guys are hungry, and, you know, they'll make you pay for it for sure. We're talking to Michael Waka uh, here in the uh, program. Are you a goal setter? Do you have, you know, I want to, you know, have an ERA below this. I want to get this many innings. Do you set goals? I, I, I like to set goals for sure. Um, Do you share them? Uh, yeah, I mean. Seth Lugo does not share them. Does not share I them. I found that yeah, out. I, He'll tell you afterwards. No, some people like to keep it private for sure, but, you know, I think it's, just the pretty standard stuff of you know staying healthy throughout the year um you know it's definitely been one of the key things for me um and it's it's always been a goal of mine to you know getting that full season it's just you know it just feels good at the end of the year you know getting those 30 plus starts and uh you know making it through a full season uh it's a good feeling for sure but it's a lot of team goals as well you know it's uh you know it's as a staff you know, I want to be in be in the top conversation as a staff uh, in ERA um, and some other statistics as well. But also winning the division. You know, that's definitely one of the goals. Is uh, you know, be be at the top of that AL Central and you know have that have that automatic bid into the postseason. You know, I think is 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 the best spot for did, us. Did that play a, a role in your signing too? Because it it does, by most people's account, it is the most winnable division that's out there. You know, I I try not to think about it like that, you know, because um, I feel like if you go in there thinking that it's lesser competition, you can, you know, almost kind of take it easy at times. But, uh, you know, I, I try not to think about really who I'm facing against. Uh, you know, I, it's the, I'm imagining and envisioning it's the best best hitter in the box at, at – any point of the game and uh you know i'm competing my tail off like it's yeah babe ruth in the box and i'm trying to get him out and uh so yeah i i there's a lot of noise out there saying hey it's you know it's a weaker division but that that's not the mentality that we're taking in there we're talking to michael waka here in the program how has uh pitching changed in your career by the way when the royals signed you i was surprised at your age because i feel like You've had a long career, but you were 21 yeah. uh, when you came up. And, and so, you know, we've seen a lot of changes with all the, the video and all that. How different is pitching now than, like, say, when you got drafted and, and we're going through the whole process? Yeah, no, it's it's changed quite a bit. Uh, you know, I was talking with some of those guys in there. Yeah, it was – there was no track man, really. Like, the rap Soto stuff, the high def – uh, you know, releases of the ball out of your hand. There was none of that. And so, you know, it was just like terms like, oh, he's got to invis a fastball. Like guys would throw a 90-mile-an-hour heater right down the middle. It was like, how's, how are they not teeing off on that? And then 
you know, a few years later, it comes in. It's like, oh, well, that guy's got incredible, you know, vertical rise on his fastball, and that's why it, he can get away with it in the in the zone like that. And so, definitely, the tech has 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 I think has been the the biggest change over the years. Um, but yeah, and for me personally, I guess you know just. Understanding who I was at 21 compared to who I am now at 32, um, you know, definitely pitching much different than I did at that that age, um, just with different injuries and you know some wear and tear and stuff. But uh, yeah, so just a little different different repertoire uh, has, has changed over the years as well. Uh, 25 and six the last two years. That's pretty nice. I mean, I know the win has been downplayed and uh, pitchers don't go as long. It's harder to get wins. Uh, I have a bet with a friend of mine that there'll be another 300-game winner, and I've been on that side since Randy Johnson, and there hasn't been another one. It's hard to get wins yeah. uh, in the big leagues, but do you still think that there is, you know, that that maybe gets the stat guys have made too little of getting wins? Because I'm impressed by 25-6 and six over the last right. two years. I'm glad you are, because... <laughs> <laughs> Like like you said, there's a lot of people that don't put a lot of a lot of stock in wins, yeah. and I I think it's one of the most important stats out there. Um, you know, I I'm coming in here. I'm my goal for the for the day. It's not to punch out 10, 15 guys. My goal is to win that game today. And if my name's in there in the paper the next day with a W next to it, it's like okay, hey, we did our job there. And of course. Our offense could go off and pick me up after I give up four or five, and they pick me up and score six or seven. And hey, that's why that's why there's a team, and uh, they, they got my back that day. But there's other days where I've got to pick up their back as well. Um, you know, whenever we're, we've got a tough matchup or something, somebody else on the hill. But no, I. I absolutely still believe in the win as a as a credible stat for sure. We're talking to Michael Walker here in the program. How do you like Arizona? I'm looking here. Everyone, I'm not I'm not wrong, right? Every one of your other teams has been a Florida team for spring training, right? Except for last year. Yeah, last year was oh, my first. That's right, San Diego. Yeah, yep. over there in Peoria. But yeah, that was my last. That was my first time out here in AZ. Um, you know, this is this is a nice place, man. Really, really enjoying this spring. Last spring was a little. A little colder than this spring. I don't know if you were down here for it last yep, year, but uh, yeah, I was. I was real confused at why everyone was uh, <laughs> claiming Arizona to be uh, better than Florida. But uh, I can see why now. This year has been just not a not a cloud in the sky, blue skies, sun's out, and it's just a beautiful day. Uh, I'm a little more used to the humidity, you know, right. down in down in Florida, in Texas, sure. uh, where I grew up. But uh, yeah, just kind of got to get used to the dry, yeah. dry air out here. But it's it's it, it's a good place for sure. Uh, well, let's get to our final four here with Michael. It's brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, the official health care provider of the Kansas City Royals. Get care from the experts, the Royals Trust, to make the right call. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com uh, slash Royals. Uh, let me start you with this. Four quick ones. You just tell me the first thing that pops in your mind. Better town, Peoria or Surprise? Better town? It's okay. Uh, no. You, you can be I, didn't ex- I haven't explored pretty much either of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Scottsdale uh, last last uh, last spring training. And then so you went from like Scottsdale over to Peoria? Yeah. How long did that take you? It was about a 45-minute yeah. drive or so. And then uh, we're down in Glendale now and okay. just another 30-minute drive up here to, to surprise. But... No, see, both seem 
I, I'm going tie there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm going okay. tie. All right, I, I'll take Peoria. Yes, okay. Just, so you know, I'll, yeah. I'll be the one to say it. There's just more things down there. I got gotcha. you. Um, all right, uh, what do you make of the spring training hat? What do you rank at one to ten? I'm gonna go a strong, strong nine point one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. It's a good look. Yeah, it's not the mesh stuff that Is, I've had in the past. Those at are crap. Times. You agree? Yeah, right. Okay, good. Snapback. Yeah, not it either. <laughs> um, no, I'm big on the hats this year. The hats are great. I'm a big fan yeah. as well. All right, nine point one. Uh, tell me, who was your uh, biggest uh, baseball influence? Who influenced you the most in your baseball career? Uh, I'll. I'll do a two-part answer here. I would say uh, Coach Childress at Texas A&M was was huge for me on uh, some mechanical changes where I raised my arm slot and get a little bit more downhill tilt and really refine that change up there. And then in the big leagues, I got to go Adam Wainwright with, uh, you know, just teaching me how to be a big leaguer, how to big leaguers act and prepare for – for this lifestyle. That's huge. And uh, I'm going to try this one on you. Are you a fan of Fozzie Bear? I'm a fan. Yep, right. yep. Muppets yeah. action there. Yeah, okay. So you knew who it was. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times as a kid, we were joking around, did you hear waka, waka, waka? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It never stops. Yep. No matter where I'm at, sometimes the PA announcers, visiting parks, I'll used to, used to hit and stuff. So, right. yeah, the walk-up music was... <laughs> Be some waka waka. Yeah, I'm hearing it all over for sure. So, yeah, it's second nature now. For the record, he is smiling and good natured about it. Because yep. I'm like, I don't know. He's going to be like, uh, really? I think I haven't heard that my whole life. I need you now asking me that. So, I, I'm glad. I, I, I tiptoed. I'll give you one free pass there. All right. No. <laughs> Next time, we're going. Uh, no, good to know. Michael, hey, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Welcome to Kansas City. Thank you very much. We're excited. You bet. There's Royals pitcher Michael Waka. We'll take a break. More here from Surprise Next. Next. All right, welcome back. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, our thanks to uh, Michael Waka joining us there in our last segment. We're live here in Surprise, Arizona. Spring training home for your Kansas City Royals. Uh, we go back to the studio. We welcome in uh, Todd Lebo, who is uh, in studio now. So we've got some breaking news when it comes to the shooting that happened at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, victory celebration. Uh, Todd, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, what do we got for the latest? Well, the latest, Seren, is uh, Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters-Baker has charged two men with uh, murder and felony charges in connection with the homicide and some non-fatal shootings that happened at Union Station. Dominic Miller of Kansas City and Lindell Mays of Raytown each faced murder in the second degree, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. So just to kind of clarify this for everyone, we've been hearing for about, well, five, six days about two juveniles being held. This is not the two juveniles being held. There were lots of people involved with... The, the chaos that happened at the end of the rally. So these are two adults. Define real quick. Can you define lots? Uh, they don't say exactly how many, but there were more than just two people shooting, is what it sounds like okay. to me. Right. So, uh, but these two men, according to Gene Peters, Beggar, I'm gonna play the sound for you. They're also still hospitalized. So. They did shoot each other as well. Um, okay. And you'll hear in this, I'm going to play this first soundbite where Gene Peters Baker basically explains what happened, what they believe happened at the shooting. 
And the evidence um, does not reflect in these early moments that there was any prior history between these individuals, Mays and the individual he was in some kind of verbal dispute with. There was no connection uh, to each other, those two individuals. Now, that argument very quickly escalated to Mays drawing his firearm, a handgun. Mays fired, or Mays pulled his handgun first. Almost immediately, almost immediately, others pulled their firearms. Defendant Miller uh, was one of those individuals. While both adults um, are charged with murder, the evidence tells us that it was Mr. Miller's firearm. Mr. Miller's firearm struck Lisa Lopez Galvin. So that's just two individuals. Um, and I think as we all stand here, this investigation is still very, very active and ongoing. And we're going to probably quickly leave this room and go right back uh, to that so that um, everybody understands what's next. But I do want you to understand, we seek to hold every shooter accountable for their actions on that day. Every single one. So while we're not there yet on every single individual, we're going to get there. So that's Gene Peters Baker explaining what they believe happened. So one man pulled a gun out, the other one very quickly called, and then she said others. So that's more than just Miller pulls a gun out and then shooting started happening. Now, they've obviously got some video of this because the way they explain this happening. So I know people have a lot of questions about this. So I want to play this whole chunk of questions and answers uh, from the media there to Miss Peters Baker. Because uh, there are plenty of questions, but I want to reiterate this again. This is not the two juveniles that we've been hearing about. They're involved in some way, but these are adults who they can give the names out and they can charge them at this point. The juveniles will still have to go through family court to be re- reclassified adults as adults. But you'll hear much more here with some questions and answers with the media. Prosecutor Baker, can you kind of clarify for us, are these the juveniles or are those juveniles still in custody and these are adults? Um, these are adults. Um, there are two juveniles that has been reported already pretty broadly um, by the news media. Those are being handled by a different office um, at this point in time. How many shooters do you believe there are? I'm not sure we're willing to share that news with you today, um, but we do think that we have additional individuals that we want to address. Are you going to more arrests? Yes. Are you able to clarify what that argument was that began all of this? No, uh, we cannot. You can, you know, you can obviously see that there is, uh, you know, some kind of verbal argument occurring, and it just, it just uh, turns deadly. I know. Is Miller still in the hospital, or either in the hospital? Yes, both. They both are. Can you tell us about the number of weapons recovered and what they were? Um, I don't think that we're. I don't think that we're willing to go there today, given the stage that we were at. Um, I think we'll be able to provide that information pretty soon, but not yet. Were these two in the same group? No. No. To clarify, they didn't know each other at all. That is our evidence that they did not know each other prior to the events that led right up to the shooting. Are the juveniles in different groups as well? 
Um, so, you know, I don't like necessarily the word groups necessarily, but it's we are we this. are clustering people together. Um, and so, yes, there are there are some individuals that are connected with the juveniles in our overall um, in this overall crime scene. So, um, again, I'm not trying to be vague. Uh, I know you want answers, but um, that's that's as much as information as we can give in these moments. Anything else I can answer? Um, outside of the individuals charged today. Do you think they're in the hospital, Jean? Correct. Okay, but you, they're being held on a million dollars bond. That's correct. Okay, so presumably they're in a hospital where there's a large security guarding them? Yes, there are officers guarding them. If Miller's believed his firearm shot and killed Ms. Galvin, why are the charges the same for the two adults? Um, because felony murder is a charge that is available and it, it, it is the same punishment level as conventional murder. What's the other cases You know, I don't know that off the top of my head. Um, so I, I cannot I cannot give that to you in this moment. All right, anything else we might be able to answer before? What were these two arrested? I think... Both of them, because they have been hospitalized uh, for injuries, um, that they have been in custody since, you know, or not technically in custody, but they've been at a hospital receiving treatment um, since the beginning have of this event. Since? No. So these injuries are still in the hospital, correct? That's right. Now, these were, were these were these persons. Obviously, they were shot. One was. Can you describe the injuries that they had? Not no. I can't. Uh, honestly, not. I, I just not able to provide that information at this time because that that's just not in my full orbit of information in in this second. You said your office had no contact with either of the two of them. Police had contact with them prior to this. Um, I, not that I am aware of. Um, I believe um, one of them may have had some other incident at a city level, uh, not in Kansas City. So there are the questions and answers about that. The investigation is still ongoing. I mean, there could end up being more charges because, as we said, they believe that Dominic Miller, his his shots ended up killing Lisa Lopez Galvin. But that doesn't mean that other people well, weren't injured sure. by others, you know. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't really get an answer about why if they know, and I assume they've done a ballistics test, the bullet that hit her and that it came from his gun. I think they have video. Is what I think they have. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they've gotten all the way through ballistic stuff yet. But I think, I mean, there are plenty of security cameras now. That's what we talked about when this first happened. The security cameras. And there were so many people, you know, just shooting video because they were at the rally that I think they've got a good portion of this on video. Because I was reading a probable cause statement as well where, you know, they, this Miller was in the hospital on the 16th and the detectives went to talk to him about this. And then he initially said that, uh, while he had heard some gunshots and was running, and that's why he got shot. And then he was he being informed his actions had been captured on video. Miller admitted that he had uh, been armed with a 9-millimeter handgun. So, I mean, listen, this, a lot of video. This, they're going to get more of this stuff. And I know we want answers right now, immediately. But this is where we are. It's ongoing. And this will take probably years to get to trial and all that stuff. Um, that's what it is. We, but at least there's some charges. 9-millimeter handgun. We, we saw pictures of a, you know, an assault that's, rifle. That's just this gun. one person. There were, okay. she said others. So, 
And there was no previous conflict, yet somebody went down with no conflict with an assault rifle. That's what, that's what, they, that's what it looks that's like. That's what it right? believes, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, scary, man. Very. Scary times. Very scary. Very scary. All right. Thank you, Todd. We appreciate it. We'll keep you up to date with uh, any new news that comes on this. Todd Lebo uh, giving us the latest and uh, what uh, two charges now filed. And uh, sounds like there's going to be more charges uh, still to come in this case. Uh, we will take a break right now. Uh, Tim Grunhart, uh, football insider, will be with us. We'll talk uh, a little NFL football with Timmy coming up next. I'm live in Surprise, Arizona. Uh, Jack Johnson with me. We'll hear from Jack a little bit later on. As well, you're in the program. All right, NBA, who was the only player to average 10 rebounds a game 15 straight seasons? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. 